Okay, so one more time, welcome to today's Bible study. And we would continue from uh, where we stopped last week. And last week, we started looking at um, the wisdom for human relationships. And we said last week that we're approaching it uh, in this manner. So one, our disposition towards people. Okay, and then second, secondly, people's disposition towards us. All right, and what we looked at last week was that our disposition towards other people should be governed by love. So love should be the governing factor or governing motivation for our, how we relate with other people. And there's so many scriptures in the Bible that talks about love and how we how, how and how that relates to our relationship with other people. However, last week we zoomed into three things um, under love. One, we looked at um you're guarding your mouth. Now, this is not in the, in the exact order, but just um the three things we listed in no particular order. Number one is uh putting a lid over your mouth or watching your tongue. And we said, especially with respect to gossip, okay, um, not spreading fire. The Bible says in Proverbs where we read that the same way a fire quenches when you take out wood is the same way um strife seizes when you take out the gossiper or the tail bearer. All right, so the person that gossips is the one that introduces strife and sustains strife and malice within a group of friends or a group of people. So number, so we looked at that, taking away strife, or right, taking away gossip, sorry. Number two, we said avoiding strife, closely related, meaning offenses will come, uh, but but don't entertain strife. Don't, don't take it to heart, okay? Um, don't let um, strife rule, rule your relationship relationships with people the same way you uh, take you want to purify gold or any precious element you will typically pass it through the fire so that you pass it through the fire so that um, the impurities can be burned away and you can have a pure substance you can have pure gold pure silver pure diamond or whatever it is it's the same way also in your relationships when you take away strife then you can have purity in your relationships all right so we said should take away strife, all right? Offenses will definitely come. Forgiving is not the easiest thing on our flesh to do, but you need to take away, you need to learn how to take away strife um, from your life by the help of the Holy Spirit. It's a healthier and purer way to live. And then thirdly, we looked at you not being easily angered. Um, again, closely related to that, offenses will definitely come, but don't be given to anger. And we saw so many scriptures, we spent quite some time on this one. We saw so many scriptures that uh, let us know clearly that anger, as the Bible says, lies in the bosom of, of the fool. So be slow to get angry, the Bible says. Be slow to speak, be quick to hear, be slow to speak, and be slow to get angry. Let people have to try so hard be, to get you upset. Let it be a very difficult thing for people to succeed at offending you. That somebody will set on a mission to offend you. And all through the year, when November at the point of this um, Bible study, let it be that from January till now, the person has been looking for how to offend you and the person has not succeeded at offending you because you are slow to get angry, all right? And it does take a lot of wisdom. It doesn't mean you, you entertain... Um, what you do not permit or you entertain what is offensive but it means that you don't let things get to the place of anger before you address them okay and you can you can um dissolve friction 
and solve uh, difficulties without necessarily getting angry. And, you know, I used an example last week that there are people who are flammable, right? People that easily get, can easily catch fire. The same way you have petrol, for instance, petrol is highly flammable, okay? And um, if you, any spark can set the whole place on fire once there's petrol or, or cooking gas, as an example. There are people like that, that any little thing, they are fled up and they are angry for a long period. You know, don't be that kind of a person. Let people not have to walk on eggshells around you and wonder, can I can I say this joke? Can I crack this joke? Can I can I say this? Will this person flip uh, you know flip up on me and and just flare up and you know turn it out on me? Like we say in Nigeria, uh, the person just change it for you. You know, so you want don't you don't want to be the kind of person that people are scared to be free around. One of the hallmarks of maturity, even for the kingdom of God and socially as well, is that you are able to tolerate. Your tolerance level increases. And this is something you would testify among older people, that the older you get, the older people get, the more tolerable they become, all right? Um, the more tolerable they become. So that tolerance for people is an important, um, act, uh, important characteristic we should develop as Christians when we talk of walking in love. Again, people offend you, all right? doesn't mean you have it going easy with everyone, no. But you should be slow to anger. So we looked at that last week and um, we said that, so, so that was regards our relationship towards people. Now we want to look at people's disposition towards us, right? What should it be? What governs it, okay? And what governs, I already said this last week, what governs people's relationship towards us or people's disposition towards us is what we call what the bible calls favor and i know favor is not a strange word to many of us and that's very good because it just helps us um start off on a, on 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 a quicker note so favor is what should govern people's disposition towards us all right remember what governs our disposition towards people is is love what should govern people's disposition towards us is favor. And I just want us to take out this um, today's session to look at favor and then we'll wrap up with a few tips, you know, a few points. But just to look at favor again and to, to re-emphasize the importance in our lives, maybe, and to show us what, what favor responds to, how favor comes about. Because when you talk of favor, many times people, people, what comes to people's mind is something very spectacular and and um, it looks like a mystery. It looks unpredictable. When you talk of favor, many times people look at favor from an as an unpredictable experience. But I'm telling you that favor is highly predictable. And we're going to look at it from God's word. There are certain things you would do that would certainly guarantee the experience of favor in your life. And favor is so important. So I want to start off by just looking at some scriptures to highlight the importance of favor in our lives as the Bible records, okay? So the first scripture I want us to read is Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Um, I haven't gotten a response from those of us on Mixellar. I'm a bit worried. Uh, I do not know if you can hear me or not. So please, just let me know if you can hear me on Mixellar. Kindly drop a message in, message in the chat uh, so that I know we are all together, okay? All right, so um, in Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 to 27, this is a popular passage of scripture. Um, in fact, if you were if you joined earlier and you heard the song that we played, the 
the script this scripture is um essentially the songwriter is essentially this scripture okay so numbers chapter 6 verse 22 to 27 and the lord spoke unto moses saying speak unto aaron and his sons saying on this wise you shall bless the children of israel saying unto them so you can imagine that god specifically gave the content of um of what the blessing should contain meaning he told he told moses to tell aaron and his children that when you want to bless the israelites don't just say anything that oh your 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 chickens will lay will lay three thousand eggs oh the sounds a blessing um um when you go out water you not fall inside a ditch oh i mean it sounds it's a, it's a good thing but the fact that god was intentional about the words that they should speak means that god god wanted to communicate something and so if we look at the words that he gave aaron and his children to speak over the israelites we would see that we will learn one or two things from it and whatever god mentioned there must have been so important out of so many things and so many ways to bless the people these are the things that god um said to the people right and gave to Mo to aaron to say to the people meaning it is important so let's take a look at the content of the blessing verse 24 says so now this is the content it says the lord bless thee and keep thee the lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious to thee when you see that kind of a phrase the lord makes his face to shine upon you that phrase is rep it's a uh it's a phrase that represents favor essentially and we're going to look at it later on all right but when you see the phrase that says the lord cuts his face to shine upon you that that phrase is is favor okay then it says the lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace and thy name sorry and they shall put my name upon the children of israel and i will bless them so essentially the content of this blessing number one is the lord bless thee and keep thee so security and safety the second thing is the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give thee peace that phrase the lord lift up his countenance upon you and the phrase the lord makes his face to shine upon you represent the same thing which is favor and so favor is an integral part of the blessing so that if you want to really see a man who is blessed, a man who is blessed, what you do is check the, the manifestation of favor in their lives. Then you know that they are blessed. They are a blessed person or they are blessed people, right? So favor is a hallmark of the blessing of God. And this is why when God instructed Aaron and his sons, he said, um, bless the, the Israelites and this is what you say to them. Oh, the Lord keep you, the Lord bless you. And then he says, his favor will rest upon you. So favor is an important ingredient of the blessing. It's like saying when you are cooking a, if you are cooking yam porridge, for instance, the main ingredient or the main, uh, yeah, let me call it ingredient in that yam porridge is the yam itself. If you take away, take away the yam, it ceases to become yam porridge. It can be something else, can be anything else, but not yam porridge. So that's that's the the role favor plays in the blessing. It is a very significant aspect of the blessing that God gave the uh, children of Israel, they gave Moses, Moses and Aaron rather, to speak over the children of Israel. All right. 
Now let's move on forward. And before, before we move forward, let me attempt to define what favor is. Now, there are several definitions of favor, and favor expresses itself in so many ways. But for the purpose of this study, I'm defining favor as this. Favor is the spiritual influence acting upon the life of a person that causes circumstances and people to act for their good. Let me take that again. Favor is the spiritual influence acting upon the life of a person that causes circumstances and people to act for their good. So that influence that some is upon someone, meaning that if you look at the person physically, there is not, not necessarily something different that the person has um, than others, but there is the person is experiencing kindness, benevolence, people are acting towards the person in a good way, and me and other people who have the same physical criteria, they are not experiencing the same thing. That is a manifestation of favor. When you go to a place and everybody, let's say an interview, because it's a common expression of favor, when you go to and for an interview and everybody's um, CV have the same strength, they have the same similar experiences, any one of them could have been a good choice. But what makes the interviewers pick one person? It is favor. It is the favor of the Lord upon a person. Now, if you ask the interviewer, why did you even select um, Mr. A? You, he, he might tell you that, well, Mr. A, I just like the way he smiled. I just like the color of his shirt. You know, it reminded me of a shirt my mom bought me when I was young. It might not be anything very serious. That is the excuse the person is giving. But in reality, it was the favor of God that manifested in that person's life. Okay? So let me take it again. Favor is the spiritual influence acting upon the life of a person that causes circumstances and people to act for their good. So when I say person here, it could be a group of people. It could be one person um, or whatever it is. It could be a family. It could be a nation. <clears throat> but favor is that spiritual influence, all right? Now, let us look at further on why is favor important, okay? And we're just going to look at some scriptures and or you'll point out a bunch of other things. First of all, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. The book of Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, verse 52. This is about Jesus Christ. And it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So this is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who the Father sent to the earth to redeem mankind. You would expect that, I mean, he's, he's Jesus, so he everything, anything he wants, he can get it, right? But look at the way the Bible describes Jesus' experience of growth. It says that Jesus Christ increased in wisdom and stature, all right? So he increased in wisdom, he increased in stature, whether it's physical stature or spiritual stature, he increased in stature nonetheless. The Bible now goes on to say, and he increased in favor, favor, meaning that, and this verse is a summary, I believe, of what we need in our lives. Because first of all, it tells us what Jesus Christ grew and increased with, all right? And it says he first increased with increased in wisdom. Number two, he increased in stature. And like I said, this could be physical stature, meaning his well-being, his health, his, you know, his body um, growth. But also it could mean his spiritual stature, meaning his standing with God, right? His um depth of God, his um 
spiritual growth, really. And then thirdly, he goes on to say, favor, he increased in favor. Before we go into the, the, the two things under favor, but he says Jesus increased with favor, meaning without favor, it would have been impossible for, for Jesus to do his ministry on earth. And it says increase in, in favor with God, but not just with God, but with God and with man. And I know it's very easy for us to understand favor with God or, um, you know, just relate to the favor with God and see why it is important because, I mean, this is God. I need favor with God. But we need to emphasize, and which is the focus of today's study, the importance of favor with man. That Jesus Christ didn't only have favor with God in the terms of God, in the sense of God liking him, but he also increased in favor with man. And it is that favor with man, I believe, that enabled him to give full expression to his ministry on earth. Because when you read the um, New Testament or when you read the Gospels, all right, you see that people really just liked Jesus. I mean, think about it. It wasn't just that Jesus was anointed and was a good preacher, but people actually just liked him. They just, they just took a liking to Jesus Christ. So he was coming into a city and people removed their clothes, plucked out palm front and laid it on him for he laid it on the floor for his donkey to ride upon. And they were shouting, oh, hail, you know, Jesus Christ, blesses he who comes in the name of the Lord and all of that. People must have really, really liked Jesus. In fact, the Bible talks about some women in Jesus's ministry, women who were what we call high society women, okay? People who were, in this, in, who were wealthy and influential and out of their own substance, they gave to the ministry of Jesus. It takes favor for people to give to you. It takes favor for people to like you and give to you. Not only that, it takes favor for people to follow you. You Jesus said, Jesus said some things that are like, logically, they're really crazy. He said, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, uh, if you don't eat my flesh or drink my blood, you, you don't have eternal life or there's no life in you. I mean, what, what, what are, what's this guy saying? He said some things that were, quote unquote, may have sounded harsh, you know, to people, but people still followed him nonetheless. That's the manifestation of favor, all right? And this show how important favor is, such that if Jesus, the son of God, couldn't go through earth without <clears throat> favor with people, not just favor with God, but favor with people, if he couldn't do that, then he, if he couldn't go on this journey on earth without favor, then that tells us we also cannot go on this journey without favor, all right? So that's, um, that is one example of favor. Second thing I want us to, second scripture again, I want us to look at is Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. <clears throat> so Jesus Christ grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and with man. And let that be your testimony to let it be said of you that, oh, James Green, wisdom and, and stature and favor with God and man. Let it be said of, um, of Hariel that she grew in wisdom and favor, wisdom and stature and in favor of God and man. Let it be said of, said of Nike. Let it be said of Julian. Let it be said of Victory. Let it be said of um, every one of you, right? Call your name that you grow and personalize it and say this concerning yourself. Victor grows in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. Okay? So Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. It says, 
Let me from verse 46. So you, you just you have a bit of context. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Verse 47, praising God. And this is talking about the church, the early church now. It says praising God and having favor with all the people. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So before the Lord added daily to the church, those that will be saved, the Bible says that the church were, were, the church was praising God and they were having favor with all the people. So without the element of favor, there would not have been increase to the early church. And, and this is so important to note, without the element of favor, there would have not have been increased to the church. And this is, again, one of the importance of favor that without favor, there would be no increase. Every time there is increase is because God favored the people. Every time there is increase is because um, God enlarged the people uh, and, and God favored the people. All right. So increase is the product of the favor of God. Increase is the product of God's favor in our lives. All right. So still, still on this lane, what are some of the why do I favor important? What are some of the results of favor? Um, number one or number next, actually, because I've listed um, a few things already. So number next is that wealth is a product of favor. And I think it's just closely related to the last thing I said, that if, if God is going to increase someone financially and bless the person with wealth, it will be a result of favor. It's a result of favor. And check it even with... Um, on, on believers, people that are, have increased in wealth and finances, it is because God favored them. And if there is no favor in your life, you will not be able to grow financially or you will not be able to grow to the extent that God has, uh, God desires for you to grow. So increase and wealth is a product of finances. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 12, let's look at this. Exodus, Exodus chapter 12, verse 35. Uh, Exodus chapter 12, verse 35. All right. Verse 35, where are we, where are we? Okay, there we go. All right, so Exodus chapter 12. Now, at this point, the Israelites were about leaving. Um, They were about leaving the land of Egypt. But then God gave them an instruction to, to do, gave them something to do as they were living. And look at what he said in verse 35. And the, and the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians <clears throat> jewels of silver. They borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. Now, the word borrow there, I mean, of course, from the story, you know that it wasn't borrowing to lend. If you read other translation, it says they, they requested from the Egyptians, all right? Or they, they uh, got from the Egyptians, okay? So they requested from, from them silver, gold, and raiment. Verse 36, look at what the Bible says. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, 
and they spoiled the Egyptians. I want to read this from, <clears throat> I want to read this from another translation. Um, another translation. I want to read from that translation. Just give me a minute, please. So this is Exodus. Exodus chapter 12. Just so you have um, a better understanding of what is going on there. Exodus chapter 12, verse, verse 35. All right. Now the Bible says, and the people of Israel did as Moses had instructed, and they asked the Egyptians for clothing and articles. Meaning, think about it this way. And maybe I should paint the picture. These people, <clears throat> the Israelites, have been trying to leave Egypt for some time. And Pharaoh kept on saying no, kept on saying no, saying no. And God, you know, kept on releasing plagues over the Egyptians. So the Egyptians were suffering from plagues because of the Israelites. The expectation is that the Egyptians should hate the Israelites. In fact, to make matters worse was the final plague. The final plague was the death of their firstborn sons. So the Egyptians' firstborn sons died because of the Israelites and because God was, was you know, releasing judgment upon them. There is no way I would expect the Egyptians to be the Egyptians to, to be happy giving the Israelites um money or anything, in fact. If I, I don't expect them to give anything at all. They should be angry and just send them out and say, go. In fact, what I would expect is they should, they should, the Egyptians would have even sent the Israelites away empty and said, you, you know, you've caused the death of our children. You've caused our water to turn to blood. You've caused frogs. You've caused, caused flies. You've caused um, boils. You've caused so many things. We will seize your goods, go away empty as a way of punishing them. That's what I would have expected. But look at what happened, and this is how you know the favor of God, because the Bible says, if a man's ways please the Lord, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. And that's the manifestation of favor. So it says, the Egyptians, um, they asked the Egyptians for clothing and articles of silver. Verse 36, the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites, and they gave the Israelites whatever they want. Imagine this, the Egyptians looked favorably on the Israelites, even though these at that point where they are at enemies. All right. And that is what favor does. Favor causes even people that may not naturally like you, okay, or may not be naturally akin to you. Favor causes them to act um in in I was about to use the word in your favor. Favor causes them to act favor, favor causes them to do you good. All right. Okay, so. It says, and gave Israelites whatever they want. So they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. They stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. You know, when God wants to bless you financially, the money you are looking for is already in somebody's hands. It's not that God is going to rain, rain money down from heaven or, or, or just make your bank account go suddenly from um, 100,000 to 10 million. No, God is going, the money you are looking for <clears throat> is with somebody. What God would do is that he would grant you favor so that so that the money comes from where it is, so that your money comes from where it is into your hands. And that's what happened to the Israelites, that God gave them wealth because of favor. Let me read out verse 36 again. The Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites. The Lord caused... Um, cause, cause your business partners to look favorably on you. The Lord cause your clients to look favorably on you. The Lord cause your colleagues or your, your bosses or manager to look favorably on you. That is the way wealth is transferred. All right. So wealth is a 
product of favor. Number two is victory, okay, is also a product of favor. When we talk of victory and winning, right, it is a product <clears throat> of favor. Look at Psalm 44, verse 3. <clears throat> Psalm 44, verse 3. I'm just, just highlighting this so that we see, we understand favor, and then we, we, we're going to look at how favor comes or what makes favor uh, manifest in our lives. So Psalm 44, verse, <clears throat> verse 3. For they got for they got not the land in possession by their own sword. So talking about the Israelites again and talking about the promised land, that the way they really got the land was not by their own sword. And this is very interesting because if you read the scripture, you see that, oh, yes, the Israelites fought. But the psalmist now is telling us that it's not really by, it's not really by their sword that they got that land. And this is a very important principle that, you need to know the operation of God's favor, even in your hard work. So you are a business person, you are selling selling goods. Let's say you are selling shoes, as for example. You sell 100 pieces of shoes in a day. And you, you it, it's easy for you to say, well, it's because I did um, adverts online, I did Instagram ads, and I did Facebook ads. You know, and so people just saw it and they like it. And I have, you know, my product is good and they bought it. But I'll also tell you that there's somebody who has done exactly what you did, who might even have a better product than you have, but did not get that result. So really what was at work in your life was not your marketing genius or the quality of your, of your product. Although these things are good, but what was at work is was favor. Where people just looked at your product and they liked it. They found favor in your it, it found favor in their sight. So that's what Samis is saying, that the Israelites didn't get the land because of their sword. Look at what it says. Neither did their own arm save them. He says, but thy right hand, thy arm. So it was the right hand of God and his arm. But how did his right hand save them? He says, and the light of thy countenance, because thou hast favor on them, because God favored them. So the reason why they, their wars, they could be victorious in their wars and they could conquer and take the land was not because they had the best warriors or the sharpest swords, but because the favor of God was resting upon them. So the victory that we seek to experience in our lives come come as a result of favor. Victory is a product of favor. You are in a you are in a battle or you are in a in a hustle, right? Or you are in a huddle about something. Um, it is the favor of God that grants you that result. So think about any area of your life that you are probably struggling uh, um, struggling about a particular thing. What you really need is the favor of God. And then thirdly, promotion comes by favor. Promotion comes by favor, and I believe this is quite easy to understand and relate with promotion comes by favor all right for god to increase you and promote you on the earth it is a manifestation of god's favor so let's look at the scripture acts chapter 7 verse verse 9 to 10 acts chapter 7 acts chapter 7 verse 9 to 10 acts chapter 7 verse 9 acts of apostle chapter 7 Verse 9 to 10. All right. So I'm reading from the I'm reading from the um NLT. Let me give you five more seconds to turn there. Or ten more seconds. Acts chapter seven, verse nine and ten.
All right. So I'm reading. It says, these patriarchs were jealous of their brother, Joseph. And they sold him to be a slave <clears throat> in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from his troubles. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joshua, gave Joseph, sorry, unusual wisdom so that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. And we know the story of, of Joseph, how that he was in prison, he interpreted the dream, and then the king said, you know, who is as wise as you? Let's just, let's make you a, let's make you, make you the leader because you are, you are the one that has the solution. And it's easy for us to think that it's, it's merely because Joseph interpreted a dream that he became the prime minister. But that was not, that's not really the case because if it was just by interpretation of dreams, right, that, then every other time that Joseph interpreted dreams, he should have been promoted in some way. But we see that even in prison, he interpreted the dreams of two people. He wasn't promoted at that point in time. He wasn't promoted. So what really caused Pharaoh to promote Joseph? This verse now gives us an insight. It says, and the king gave him favor before Pharaoh. So it was the favor that Joseph found in Pharaoh's sight that made him interpret the dream. Now, you, it is not just the interpretation of dream that resulted in that promotion, but it was a favor that was upon the life of uh, Joseph. And I'm not in any way saying that the interpretation of dream wasn't relevant or wasn't important. No, and we're going to come to, to see um, the things that move favor. But what I'm saying is that without favor, Joseph could have interpreted the dream. Pharaoh would have gotten the answer to what his dream was and still sent Joseph back into prison. It was the favor of God that said, in fact, you know, Joseph gave the solution already. So really at that point, they had... They didn't really have need for Joseph, if you look at it. They had the an understanding of the dream. They had the solution and instruction and wisdom for what to do. They could have sent Joseph back to the prison and just Pharaoh would have called one of his officials and said, okay, you know what? Go and implement this plan. And Joseph would have just gone back to his prison. But it was the favor of God that, said, that made Pharaoh say to Joseph, you know what? Even though you are just coming from prison, you have the wisdom for this. Come and be the prime minister. All right. So this is what the favor of God does. It produces favor. Uh, sorry. It produces promotion. I beg your pardon. The favor of God produces promotion. So remember three things that I listed that the favor of God produces. Number one, the favor of God produces wealth. Number two, the favor of God produces victory. And then number three, the favor of God produces promotion. And don't forget this. Favor, right? And why favor is important is because everything God will do on earth and every time God wants to bless a man on earth, he uses somebody to do so. And if that person doesn't favor you, there's nothing God will be able to do. And there are so many examples in scripture to, to show the importance of favor and how that God had to use a human being. So this is the way I put it, that God answers the prayers of men by using men. And that is why favor is important. Because some of the prayers we are praying right now, you just need favor with one person and your prayer would be answered times 10. Some of the things that we are struggling to do, you just need favor with one person and the money you've not made all your years of living, you could have, you can make it in, in just a month. 
you just need favor with one person. Many times, favor with one person that will come and tell you something that you know there's no way you would have found it. You wouldn't have found it online. There's no way you would have found it naturally if that person had not told you. That is the favor of God at work. Okay. So the big question now is, what are the things that makes favor work in a person's life? What are the things that that causes favor to manifest in a person's life? Or what, what does favor answer to in a person's life? All right. So I want to hear from us before we proceed. Let me hear your own thoughts. Let me hear you speak. What is What causes favor manifest in people's life? All right. Uh, just before we continue. What causes favor manifest in people's life? Let me let me hear from you. You can drop your answer in the chat, um, and we'll, we'll re, you know read out. What is that thing that causes favor to work in the lives of people? What is that thing that causes favor? Drop drop your comments. Let me read it out as quick as um, as we can. What is that thing that causes favor? Is it is it is it the color of people's hair? Is it the color of their shoes? Is it how expensive they look? What are those things that causes favor to work in people's lives? All right. Um, just drop a comment and that'll be fine. Drop a comment. And you can even think of your own life and say, the time people favored me, what what can I trace what caused the favor? You know, and again, like I said at the beginning, many times people. People look at favor as something mystical and something random and, and unpredictable. But that is not true. You can predict the operation of favor. If you can bank on favor and say, I'm going for this interview. I have prepared so well. I have done my studies. I've, I've researched. I've, put on, I've done my preparation. But part of my preparation also is carrying favor with me as a guarantee that I would come out successful. All right? So favor is predictable. Favor is not mysterious favor is predictable okay so emily says on um zoom here that i think that god causes you to have favor with man all right so what causes favor she says she thinks um god causes you to have favor with man okay and she also adds that your good deeds also okay so emily is saying here that your good deeds and god uh causes favor to manifest in your life all right thank you very much for that um mixer anything from you anyone on mixer um let me see what you what uh you think what causes favor to work in people's life all right okay so because of time we have to move on but we're going to look at just three three things um and i believe there are there are, there are other things we'll begin to dig deep into these three things we would, we would be able to list out so many other things you know that causes favor to to work but I, I, I strongly believe that these three things are, are, are at the top of the list and they, they cover even the other things that we may, we may end up listing, okay? So number one, what causes favor to work in people's life? Or the way I put it here is, what does favor respond to, okay? Meaning that if this thing is in your life, you see yourself easily favored by people. If these things are, are operating in your life, you just find that people are favoring, people just like you. I want to do you good, okay? So number one, I call it skill and diligence. Skill and diligence, all right? So favor responds to skill and to diligence. So favor is not just an abstract, um, an abstract phenomenon, like I've said. 
favor response to certain things, certain things rather. But let me start with the verse of scripture that we've read so many times. I just want to point out something. I want to point out something very, very interesting um, that we might not have taken note of so much. But Ecclesiastes um, chapter 9 verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, and we will read verse 11, okay? So I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, the... Uh, oops, sorry, sir, not 9 verse 11. Hold on. Uh, the scripture that says... Okay, yes, yes, I'm correct. 9 verse 11, yes. 9 verse 11, yeah, I'm correct. So it says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift... It says, nor battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. So when we read this verse, we we understand clearly that what he's saying, uh, what was being portrayed here is the importance of time and chance or the importance of seasons, okay? But many times when we read this, we read this as though, um, you know, when Bible says the race is not to the sweet, subconsciously we say that means i don't need to be swift that's not what the bible is saying or we say oh no battle to the strong then it says well that means if i'm going to battle i don't need to be strong that's not what the bible is saying what the bible is saying is that if the season has not come then your strength will not be able to give you victory if the season has not come then your your swiftness will not be able to help make help you win the race if the season has not come, then even though you are wise, bread might not come to you. And then it goes on because it says, no favor to men of skill. Meaning that normally under the right season, favor comes to men who have skill. But if the season has not come, then even if you are skilled, you might not experience favor. You will not experience favor. So what the scripture is really showing us is the, is the importance of seasons in our lives. How season seasons are the umbrella that governs the operations of everything that happens beneath it doesn't this scripture is not trying to say that it's not good to be swift nor is it good to be strong neither is it good to be wise neither is it to be a man of understanding neither is it good to be a man of skill or any of that no that's not what the scripture is saying this scripture is showing us that everything would um would find expression when it's under the umbrella of the appropriate season so now, given that it is the right season, you have to be a man of skill. If not, favor will not come to you. That's what the scripture is saying. And if the season comes and you are not a man of skill, favor will still not come to you. So I want us to read that scripture again with this understanding. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift. Now, it doesn't mean you should not be swift, right? It says, no battle to the, to the strong no bread to the wise, no riches to men of understanding, no favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. So we're talking about seasons, like I've explained, right? And if it is the right season, then the race, the swift person will win the race. But if it's not the right season, then your efforts will not bring any result. That's really what the scripture is. But what I want to point out as regarding favor is that favor responds to skill. Once it is the season, Favor response to skill. And we've talked about times and seasons. So I'm not going to dwell on that. I just want to zero into the fact that favor responds to skill. What does that mean? 
It means if you are a person who is who is skillful at what you do, you know what you do. If you are a teacher, you are a good teacher. If you are a painter, you are a good painter. If you are a footballer, you are a skillful footballer. If you run a business, you are good at what you do. You are, you are, you are a skilled person. If you are that kind of person, the Bible says that favor will be coming to you. Many people will like you because you are skilled. All right. And this is one of the things that favor responds to. Favor responds to skill and diligence. Meaning you are diligent at what you do. And you know, the Bible says, <clears throat> do you see a man who is diligent in his, in his work? The Bible says he will stand before kings and not mere men. Now, if you look at that scripture, you just you, you might only interpret it and say, oh, well, it's diligence. You might not see the favor connection in it. But look at that scripture again. The Bible says that um, you see a man who is diligent, he will stand before kings, meaning the diligent person stands before kings, all right? But when you go to the book of Genesis where we read, or, or rather the book of Acts, which was explaining what happened in Genesis concerning Joseph, the Bible says that when Joseph came, the reason why the king made Joseph a ruler was not just because he was diligent, but because God favored him. So the person that stands before the king is not only a diligent person, he's also a favored person because favor responds to diligence. Do you understand that? I hope, I hope we are not confused by that. So put it this way. The person who is diligent easily accesses favor and stands before the king. All right. And favor responds to skill and diligence. This is what we're talking about. So one example, um, Genesis chapter 39, still talking about Joseph. I mean, I have quoted him. I've referenced his story, so let's read a, a scripture on him. Genesis chapter 39, verse 5 and 6. Genesis chapter 39, verse 5 and verse 6. <clears throat> talking about, talking about, about Joseph now. All right. Um, verse 5 says, Verse 5 says, From the day... Joseph was put in charge of his master's household household and property. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. So the moment Joseph was put in charge of um, Potiphar's house and everything he owned, that same moment, God began to bless everything that Potiphar had. So his cattle began to multiply, his businesses began to increase, all of that thing was happening. Now look at what he says. All and this is very powerful. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. All his household affairs ran smoothly. And his crops and livestock flourished. So all, all of Potiphar's household affairs ran smoothly. That was not a result of angels coming to work in the house. No. It was a result of the skillfulness of Joseph. As a leader over the house, everything ran smoothly. <clears throat> Meaning every time Potiphar came to the house, there was, he didn't see any need. Everything there was, there was everything when it was supposed to be there. If it was time for food, there was food on the table. If it was time for, you know, to clean the house, the cleaners were doing it. There was so much diligence on Joseph's part that the operations of his household ran smoothly. The operations of his business ran smoothly. He didn't even need to think about, he could go on vacation for three months and be sure that the house is in good order because of Joseph. Can they say that about you? Because when we think of Joseph, we just think that, oh, he was favored. God just liked him like that. But there was, there's the element of skillfulness and diligence that came to play 
in Joseph's life. And that was one what attracted the favor of God or what brought manifestation of God's favor. You will not like you yourself think about it. Will you like somebody who will you want to favor somebody who is careless? <clears throat> somebody who doesn't who is not, you know, doesn't pay attention to details. You tell the person, this is how we should do it. The person completely forgets, go and does their own thing. And that is the person's pattern. It's not a one once in a while experience. That's the person's default. You won't want to favor such a person. All right. So skillfulness and diligence attracts favor. Skillfulness and diligence. You see, you see people who are good at their work. Whatever the work is, they are good electricians. They are skillful at it. They are diligent at it. Those kind of people will be favored. All right. So favor responds to skillfulness and to diligence. Again, favor is not just a mystery that, that is left to chance. Favor can be predicted. Favor can be attracted. And one of the ways you do so is by your skill and your diligence. All right? Um, so that's number one. Favor responds to skill and diligence. Number two is character. Favor responds to a good character. You know, when I was growing up, I, I, I noticed this, that, you know, when I was growing up, my, my parents made sure that when you are greeting older people, you greet them, not just good morning, but you greet them, good morning, sir, or good morning, ma. That you must add that element of respect. So that's how we are brought up. And I just noticed that when other children were greeting and, and they all say, oh, good morning, good morning, good afternoon, that's all. But when, when I greet and I say, good morning, sir, or good morning, ma'am, I just noticed that the people, the older people just seem to like me and or seem to be attracted to me. I found out that when I was respectful, people just liked me. People just wanted to ask, ask me, okay, are you okay? What do you want? What do you need? And try this yourself. Go to a place that you, you are new. Greet everybody respectfully. The the security man at the at the gate, greet him well. Ah, good afternoon, sir. How are you, sir? How is your family? Oh, thank you very much, sir. You go to buy something from a store and you tell the person, oh, thank you very much. I'm grateful for this. Watch how the person will treat you. If you repeat that action consistently, watch how the people will treat you. you find out that the people will treat you favorably more than the others, all right? More than others that just walk past and not, don't say any good morning, just say, open the gate for me. Close it. You see, character is one of the things that attracts the favor of God to a person's life. All right. And remember, we are dealing specifically with favor, um, dealing specifically on favor with men. And we said earlier that God uses men to bless men. And what attracts favor in your life that, that will cause men to love you. And let me tell you the truth. If people don't like you, hmm. Let me say this very emphatically. If people do not like you, your journey on earth will be difficult. It will really, really be hard. If people do not like you, your journey will be difficult and it will be hard. So it is important that people like you, but the way we go about it is not by cajoling people to like us or by, um, by trying to be subservient to people. The way we go about it is by the favor of God. So we're saying what causes that favor to manifest in people's life. The first thing we said is skill and diligence. The second thing is character. Loyalty, treating people well, um, being nice to people, being honest, it attracts favor upon your life, okay? Proverbs chapter three, again, let's look at this. Chapter three, verse four to five. Proverbs chapter three, verse four to five. All right, I'm reading from New Living Translation again. It says, hmm, if I, let me, let me, no, no, from verse, from verse, 
sorry, from verse 3 to 5. Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 3 to verse 5, okay? Look at what he says. He says, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Never. Let your life, let your character be depicted by loyalty and kindness. <clears throat> so he says, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. He says, tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. You know, there are people who only act nice when they're in certain environments. But when they leave, they begin to act rude. For example, if you are going for a job interview, you'll be, you'll be nice by force because ah, you've heard so many stories. You don't know if they're watching you with, via the CCTV or if the person you're even talking to is, is the one that will, that will employ you. You don't know. So in that whole environment that you're going to apply for a, for a job, you just be nice by default, you know. Oh, how are you? Thank you, sir. Good morning, sir. You act, you, you pretend to be good and okay. But if that person now moves to an, a different environment, let's say the person goes to a restaurant where they know is their money they are spending, you know, so they have this right and ego. They can be rude to the waiters or waitresses, all right? Uh, they might be rude to the security man at the gate. They might be rude to the person attending to them and say, come on, why would you give me this food? Can't you, can't you, can't see that this is what I ordered, you know? And, and the Bible is saying, let it be a deep-seated experience in your heart, not a superficial one, that your character should come from deep within. That's what the Bible is saying. It says, write them deep within your heart. So don't only be of good character when, you, when there's something to benefit. Let your default character be good. Because it is before God that you are, you, it's before God that your character is being portrayed, not just before men. The favor will come through men, but it is God that does the assessment of your character. You understand what I'm saying? So it is, you know how the Bible says, study to show yourself approved before God. So it is God that does the marking. It's God that, that is, the, is the teacher that marks your work. But he rewards you through favor with men. So men are the instruments of the favor, but the person that determines whether favor will come or not is God. And God looks at your character, especially when there is nothing to benefit from it. So let's continue our reading. Um, verse 4 says, no, let me read verse, um, the last part of verse 3 again. It says, tie them around your neck as a reminder, write them deep within your heart. Verse 4, it says, then you will find favor both with God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. So when you never let loyalty and kindness leave you, verse 4 says, then you will find favor with God and with people. So could it be that some of us, the reason why we have not yet found favor with people is because our character still requires a lot of development. He says, let loyalty and kindness never leave you. You need to be kind to people, whether they can pay you or not. No, forget about it. Just be kind towards people. Remember, it is before God, your kindness is, is recorded. God is observing your kindness. God is looking at your character. Okay, when this person was angry with with the with the driver, he shouted this way. When this person was angry with a with a cleaner, let's say the cleaner acted, you know, wrongly. Rightfully, the cleaner was wrong. But then the way you acted out 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 of annoyance, there was no kindness in in it. God is taking note of that. God is looking at the way um that junior person in your office that came to you for for you to teach, and the way you were very you were not nice to the person, you were not kind. God is marking and observing that. And that is what you use to determine if you experience favor with people. Because if you don't show kindness to others, people will not show kindness to you. All right? So our character, our, our the way we treat people 
loyalty, our kindness attracts favor. It attracts favor. Okay? And you can even testify in your own life that you just go to a place where you don't know anybody. But you've not even had, you've not had the opportunity to express good or bad character before anybody. But the people just like you. What you are seeing is a result or a reward for the kindness you've shown somebody before. And this is why kindness is super important. That you've been kind to somebody before. Maybe a stranger on the street, you know, helped somebody somewhere, somewhere. And then God in return is favoring you even in a place where nobody has even seen, nobody has had the privilege to know whether you are, you, are, you have good character or not. But you just go there and God causes them to favor you. That is one of the ways you attract favor by your character. Okay. Number three, because, because of time now. Number three. So remember number one thing we said, favor responds to skill and diligence. Number two, favor responds to character. Number three, favor responds to prayer. Prayer. Favor responds to prayer. And there are so many examples of this in scripture, but I'll just read a few of them for us. Uh, maybe just two of them. But favor responds to prayer, meaning that I can pray today for favor and expect to see favor manifest in my life. I am going for a job interview or I am going to apply for a contract or maybe I'm even somebody here who is going to marry um, or, or, you know, someone is coming to marry, whatever the case is. Pray for favor. Don't just leave things to chance. Pray that God will favor you. <clears throat> and again, I, I said this, that a lot of people think favor is abstract or favor cannot be predicted. But I'm telling you that, and I've practiced this myself, favor can be predicted. So many times what I pray for is just favor. I'm not asking for any other thing. I say, God, just give me favor. Give me favor with my business partners. Give me favor with my managers at work. Give me favor with my colleagues. Give me favor even with my wife. Give me favor. Give me favor with my siblings, with my parents. Give me favor all around. If you pray that prayer, you can expect to see the manifestation of, of God's favor. So a very popular and classic story for this um, is the story of Esther. So let's turn to Esther chapter 4, verse 26. Esther chapter 4, verse 26. Uh, most of us are already familiar with the story where <clears throat> um, Esther needed to go and see the king for a very serious matter. And if she didn't see the king, then it's likely all her, her, her brothers and her nation, all right, will be wiped out, and including herself, really. She would have been wiped out. So, but there was one, 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 one glitch. There was a, a, a hurdle she had to cross. And the hurdle was this, that nobody could just go and see the king anyhow, unless the king invites you, Okay. You can't just wake up and say, I want to go and see the king. Even the queen herself <clears throat> could not just wake up and say, I want to go and see the king unless the king invites, invites her. So therein lies the problem. But she had to go and do it. And the king had not requested to see her in a while. So look at what the Bible says in verse 26 of chapter 4. Um, sorry, verse 16, not 26. Sorry, um, chapter 4 doesn't have 26 verses. All right, it's verse 16, I beg your pardon. Let us read from verse, um, verse 15. This is what she said. <clears throat> All right, say, Esther, Esther bade, them, bade them return. Esther told them to return Mordecai this message. She says, go answer together 
sorry, rather, go gather together all the Jews <clears throat> that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and I also and my maidens will fast likewise. So will I go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, <clears throat> I perish. You know, this was a very bold, it was a risky thing Esther did, but she could predict the response because of what she did. She said, all of you go and fast. I also would fast with my maids. And after I fasted and I prayed, I would go and present myself before the king. I said, well, if after I've done all of this, the king doesn't favor me, then if I perish, I perish. Meaning she was ready to stake her life on this because there was, she expected favor to work. And she said, I am so confident the king will favor me that even if it means taking my life or risking my life, I'm ready to risk my life because I am no, I know favor is guaranteed. And if God decides not to answer me, then so be it. This is to show how, how powerful she knew prayer and fasting was with regards to the manifestation of favor. And for some of you, what you need in your life right now is the favor of God. You, you are skillful. You know what you know, your business, you know everything, but what is lacking is favor. And what you need to manifest that favor is, is prayer. I remember when I was going to see my father-in-law for the first time. And, and you know, people shouldn't take this for granted, to be honest. When I was going to see my father-in-law for the first time, when my wife was going to, you know, present who would now be her husband, you know, I that that night I woke or that day rather, I woke up very early. I prayed, I spent time praying in the morning. I fasted the whole of that day, and my simple request was this favor. That's all. I said, God grant me favor. Not because there was anything for me to be scared of, but you know, when God is working, if you don't secure the favor of God, the enemy can come with just one little thing, and the person can just come and say, Oh, how are you? How is working? I say, oh, you work in this place. And that just where you work can be what the person doesn't like. And you will spend extra months trying to achieve something that the favor of God could have achieved in an instant. Sometimes is that we are, we will make genuine mistakes. It's only the favor of God that can cause the people to overlook those mistakes and still go on with us. You're applying for a job. You know, my wife, my wife shared of her first her first job um, after NYC. You know how she did an interview. And she legit made a mistake, but the, and in fact, the, her boss corrected her in the interview and she thought, oh my God, this is the end. They're not going to employ me. But the boss still employed her even with that mistake. We need favor. That's the manifestation of favor. And when we pray, we can secure the favor of God upon our lives. If you want to do things that are bigger than you or things that are outside of your capacity, things that are not, that are high, higher than your reach, you ultimately need the favor of God, and you secure that favor through prayer. Okay, second scripture, and then we begin to round up. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 10. The book of Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. Again, Nehemiah was about to embark on a on an important mission. He had just gotten news about the state of um, Jerusalem, and his heart was broken. He wanted to build the city walls but look at what he said um now he knew that to build the walls of the city was was a herculean task okay um but look at the content of his prayer and he said he started praying from verse 
from verse 4, but I just want us to zoom into to, to verse 10 and 11 and look at the content of the prayer in that part. Now these are thy servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. Um, hold on, let me read this from the New King James Version. So the English is lighter for us. Nehemiah 1 verse 10, okay? So it says, let me start again, verse 10. Um, the people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you. He says, please grant me success today. How? By making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. Look at the kind of prayer that Nehemiah was praying. You know, some of you take things for granted. You are in an industry or you're in a place where people are, are struggling for contracts. People are going to use, uh, to consult demons, you know, um, and witch doctors just so that their contract will be approved. And you, you are just sleeping up and waking up and dust and and dust your 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 shoes and say and say, don't worry, God is with me. God is with me. No, if you want something, you need to secure the favor of God over it. I'm telling you, especially if things, if these things are people are competing for it, or these things are naturally outside of your reach. Excuse me. You must secure the favor of God over those things. Look at what Nehemiah said. He said, "Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me." It's not a sin to pray that your boss will be favorable to you. I prayed all, almost all the time. I prayed so often, God grant me favor. It's not a sin to pray for for your for the person who you who you believe would be your husband or who you believe would be your wife, or and God is you know come dropping it or leading you in that direction. It's not a sin to pray for the person to be favorable towards you. It's not a sin. Okay. If you want to request something for some from someone, it's not a sin to ask for favor. The, the um, Nehemiah said, um, grant me success today by making the king favorably to favorable favorable to me. Then he goes on to say, put it in his heart to be kind to me. That's a powerful prayer we should go with. God, put it in the heart of my helpers to be kind to me. Put in the put it in the heart of my brothers, my sisters, my children, my my parents, uh, my colleagues. My, my managers, put it, my, my customers, put it in their hearts to be kind to me so that when they see me, they will be kind towards me. Hallelujah. And by the time you read the next chapter, you see that his prayer was answered because the king granted him his request and even more than that. All right. So prayer responds to answer. Um, Sorry. Sorry. Favor responds to prayer. Favor answers to, to prayer. Okay. So if you are struggling in a particular area, spend some time praying about it. If you are looking for business opportunities, pray for favor. If you are looking to get married, pray for favor. God, favor me in the eyes of, of the person you have prepared for me. So that that lady or that or that man, when he sees me, he will like me. Because demonic manipulation is real and it works by turning the hearts of people. So people that should have liked you, the enemy wants to turn their hearts against you. So they are seeing you, but they are not seeing you as they should see you. So what favor does is that favor causes them to see you the way God wants them to see you. All right? Favor causes your business partners to see you as a business partner and not just as an employee. Favor causes 
your customers to see you as somebody to put to give their money in exchange for goods and services. Favor causes things to move for you, and prayer is what will cause that favor to manifest. Hallelujah. Okay, we have to close here. We have we've gone be behind. Um, you know, we've, we've, time has gone, so we need to close now. But let me let me just. No, let's end on this. Let's pray. Let's let's on this issue of prayer of favor. Let's pray. I want you to just quickly in a moment, right? Wherever you are, say this, make pray this prayer. And the prayer is simple. Lord, put it in the heart of my helpers to be kind to me in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Your helper in this case, you know, maybe again, I've said it might be son, might, might be son you are looking to marry, or you might be looking even for, you might not even know the person, you might be trusting God for a partner, pray that God will favor you. You might be looking for a new job, looking to transition to a new, new job. Wherever you are right now, just say, Lord, cause my helpers to put, to be kind towards me, put it in their heart, in the heart of my helpers to be kind towards me in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray that right now in the name of Jesus your, your, for your colleagues, uh, your place of work, your businesses. Let favor speak. Let favor speak. Let God put it in the heart of, of people to be kind towards you. It's a blessing when people are kind towards you, when you don't have to struggle. People are just kind towards you. It's a blessing from God. It doesn't matter whether they are your siblings or your relations or not. But if there's an expression of kindness, then it takes the favor of God to bring it to pass. So I want you to pray and say, God, put in the heart of everyone that sees me, or my helpers, my, my colleagues, my family, people I do not know, strangers, put it in their hearts to be kind towards me. Rakomando skila seka baresko opa riskado skila sonta kila bato skila masia. Put it in your heart, O oh Lord, to be kind towards me. In the name of Jesus Christ, grant me favor. Grant me favor. Where I am struggling, mention the area that you are struggling. Let and pray and ask God to give you favor in that area. Have you been struggling to get a job? Have you been struggling to um, get um, um, customers for your business? Have you been struggling to make progress in a particular area? I want to pray and say, Lord, grant me favor. In the name of Jesus Christ. Ilando skila barasco sibate. Grant me favor, oh Lord. Grant me favor in this area. I've been struggling with my finances. I've been struggling to get a job. I've been even designed to get married and it's been taking a while. I've been struggling to get that visa, struggling to get that um, job promotion. Oh God, grant me favor. Grant me favor. Father, we ask for favor. Thank you, everlasting Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you because your promise of favor is available to us. And through prayer today, we ask that favor will manifest in our lives. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice who may be experiencing, experiencing difficulty in a particular area or struggling to make progress in a particular area. Father, today I ask for favor upon their lives in that area. Let your favor speak for them. Let there be increase, let there be multiplication because of your favor. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, God bless you all. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we spent um, more time today, but I believe we were blessed. I believe we were blessed. Um, and I, I believe that the favor of God will manifest in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, just before we go, one quick announcement. 
Um, next week, so remember uh, last week we spoke about um, having a masterclass on personal finance, right? So we are going to have that class. Um, we're going to have that class next week, Tuesday. So it's going to be a quite slightly different um, kind of Bible study that we'll have. So we're just going to use that um, uh, Tuesday session to have a masterclass on personal finance. And like I said, um, this is something that was impressed in my heart and even other people also attested to the fact that um, the conversation of personal finance was really helpful. And I believe there's a lot more that we didn't even cover. So we would look at, we would go deeper into personal finance and um, very, very practical, very, very practical. I'm happy that we've established from the word of God. So now we'll be translating what the word of God says into actionable steps and things to do. So next week's, next week, Tuesday will be um, a personal, a masterclass on personal finance. We'll send out the flyer um, by God's grace from tomorrow. We'll start sending out the flyer. All right. So please invite a friend, whether they are part of our community or not, wherever they are, just invite them, let them join us. Even if they are unbelievers, invite them, um, let them join us. All right. And we would learn a lot. Okay. So thank you very much, everyone. Um, I hope you are blessed. Do have a wonderful remaining part of your day. Uh, thank you and God bless you. I will see you on Tuesday as we talk on personal finance. All right. God bless you, everyone. Shine upon